following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Keo. Matt, how are we doing today? Good. I just remembered you. I forgot you called me by my full name on here. I was like, do you want to just go with Coach Matt? Matt, what do you, I don't do, care. do you prefer the Matt Keo? It's very formal, but I just <laughs> I just recognized. I was like, oh, wow, that was my full name. We're only like 48 shows in, and you know, you finally realize that. <laughs> I just own out from time to time. That's true. Hey, so do I. Uh, but we'll we'll go with uh, we'll go with just Matt then from now on. Um, <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so we're coming in, Matt. Take carry us here with your first coming in hot. What what you got? I was driving here today, and it's like you know when you're coming out to a traffic light. And it turns yellow, but it just turns yellow. So you can, and you're you're at that point where you can make it through. But the person in front of you, like, slams on they the brakes. They have brakes. other plans. Oh. Like, clearly, clearly could have made it through. And he just slams on the brakes, and we sat there and watched this yellow light turn into a red light. And it just was like, that was the biggest waste of, like, we both could have made it. <sighs> That's... <laughs> that's just awful. That's stupid driving. I agree. First of all, isn't that that's unsafe? Like they tell you, if you're at a yellow light, you don't like you keep going. You slow down, but if you know you can make it, just keep going. Right. You don't speed up, but you, yeah. you, you just don't keep slam going. on your brakes either because no. you get rear-ended. No, I hate that. In fact, one time uh, <laughs> when I was younger, I remember my dad got pulled over. Um, for going through a yellow light or whatever that it, well it was a yellow light that just turned red or whatever the cop pulled him over I think okay. I was nine or ten at the time and uh, the cop goes you know pulls him over he goes you know sir what are do you know what I pulled you over for and my dad was like well I ran the yellow light he's like sir do you know what a yellow light means he's like yes I do sir he's like that means you've got three seconds to get through the light or you're gonna get a ticket and the guy just kind of laughed and he let him go without a warning. He's like, thank you very much. And didn't even take his license, really? didn't take his registration, didn't take anything. Nice. Just kind of looked at him, chuckled a little bit. I was like, all right, sir, don't do it again. And see ya. That is amazing. So that's what I always found, though. Anytime, And not that I'm condoning running red, not that we're condoning running red lights or getting pulled over. But you know what? If you can make a cop laugh, you got a chance. I've had bad experiences with cops every time I've been pulled over. Really? I got bullied. You once. got bullied? Kind of. How did he I, bully you? I got I got pulled over. Well, I, I I don't know how to say this. It was it was a late night and I was driving a friend home. The being responsible, you know, I was the designated driver and I offered to be and but the cop basically kind of like profiled us because we we're like young dudes driving late at night. But so like he was in basically interrogating me. And he sees this bottle of prescription like medication in my my front area of my car, and that's I keep it there to remind myself. I was like, "Oh, I needed to take my medication." And he looks at it, and he said, "What's that bottle for?" And I said, "It's 
pills it's medication and he's like let me see it and he like he takes it and he's fully inspecting it and he's like what are these for and i was like i have an infection on my toe and he just says oh gross and then <laughs> gives me back the medication and and out of this 30 minute traffic stop 30 minutes of me like 30 minutes yeah um i didn't get a ticket they didn't tell me what I got pulled over for. I got bullied because I had an infection on my toe, and that was a. <laughs> the bottom line is, long as you didn't get a ticket, that's all good. But it's funny. I had the same thing with a medication where um, I had literally just gone. I had just gotten to Walgreens to. Um, I had my thyroid removed uh, when I was in my twenties, um, so I take the thyro uh, thyroxin or whatever for the thyroid, the synthroid. Yeah. Um, so I literally kind of the same thing. Had it in my car. Um, Got pulled over, didn't get a ticket, which I was kind of surprised. And um, he said the same thing, you know, what's that medicament? I'm like, sir, here, it's my thyroid pills. You can check it out. And he's looking at it. He's like, well, he goes to his car. He's like, hold on, I need to take this to my car. And look, so I'm like, okay. I, in fact, I said, I was like, all right, but sir, I need that back. I'm out at home, which I was, which is why I went to get my pre-fill. He went in. I don't know if he Googled it, if he just took it because he thought he was trying to get me nervous, whatever. Did what he did. Five minutes later, he comes back. Okay, it checks out. You're good. It checks out. I'm like to call my my pharmacist. Like thank you. Yeah. Um, but then there was one, and and I don't want to keep making scop stories. But one time, this was I was it was either senior in high school or freshman in college. I was driving in Niagara Falls, and all of a sudden got, you know, the cops got pulled over, and go over, and he's like, you know, can you tell me what I pulled you over for? And I looked at him, I was like, sir, I'm going to be completely honest. I have no clue. So he goes, he's like, all right, goes back to his car and he brings like one of those little like ice scrapers. It was the middle, it was like January, February, brings like a small little ice scraper. Okay. And he's like, he's like, here, he's like, we're giving these out. We're stopping random people for driving um, well. Here's your ice scraper. And I didn't know what to say. So I just said, I was like, Thank you. I'm sorry. That's so <laughs> stupid. I was just like, okay. So, do you know why I pulled you over? You say no, and they're like, we're stopping good drivers. We're stopping good drivers to reward them. Why don't you start off with saying that's that? That's what I mean. I'm sitting there like, like I said, I was either 18, 19. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I'm already paying because I'm a young driver. I'm already paying, like, way too much for insurance. Now I'm going to be paying way even more. It was like, that's I think this might have been. My first time ever getting pulled over. That's stupid. <laughs> Just be like, here, have this. But so yeah, I got pulled over for being a safe driver or a good driver or whatever. But I got the free ice scraper for it. What? I don't know. I, somebody really needs to think of that like whole uh, marketing ploy for that. <laughs> they should have rethought that. I I I hope they stop that. Although it was a nice ice scraper, it got me through like a couple of years. Then I broke it, lost it, something. Was it? it I, I assume it was like one of the, like those plastic ones, like the. Yeah, it wasn't even like the super long one. It was yeah, like it was like really small one, like maybe the size of uh, the size of a pop <laughs> bottle, maybe like a little the one bigger. you gotta get up and close with. Yep. Yeah. 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 Or if you're trying to do like the windshield of your car, or whatever, you gotta like literally get on your. Well, a small guy like me literally has to get on his tiptoes to get yep. you know the upper part. Yep. So, yeah, it wasn't even a big one, but whatever. It's better than a ticket. I actually got to park in my garage for the first time since I've been able to drive a car. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? It's always just been cluttered? or It's been cluttered and the, and the door's been broken. 
but like this past week has been like the first time i think it's always funny because like i always would park against the uh, underneath a tree that like sheds their leaves and it just like gets ever and they're the small super small leaves so my car mm-hmm. is filled with it and um the snow would be on it so like now i i can park in a garage and i'm just like sitting there just like this is weird that's the best though like I remember really my first, you know, uh, parking in the garage or whatever, that was the best. Summertime, whatever, didn't really bother me fall, but during the winter when it's like the middle of January, whatever, and you know it's like five degrees outside, but you can go to your car in your nice garage and you don't have to sit there and scrape off ice for like 20 minutes. You don't have to like let the car warm up. Not only that, let the car warm up, turn on the defroster so you're able to scrape away that ice. Oh, it's just so nice. (laughs) It's the little things. It's the 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 little pleasures. Exactly. In fact, this winter we had to, because Sarah had her car, so um, of course... Sarah and Vicky would park in Sarah and my wife Vicky would park in the garage and of course I had to park in the driveway so this winter was I had to go back to those uh, just those early morning yeah. winters where you got to scrape you start scrape. the car before you go in the shower yep I was gonna say thankfully now I at least have the the remote starter on my car but I need to get one of those oh uh, they're so nice like they're get, so nice where, did you, where can you get those I don't know. Mine just came standard with my car, with the new one. Um, but I think on most cars, I think, like, on most cars, like, 2017, 2015 and newer, I think they're they're pretty standard with them. Maybe? Mine didn't come with one. I don't know. I know my Jeep last time, which my Jeep was a standard Jeep, the last car I got, and it was used. It was a 2015, 16, and um, it came with it. I don't know. Maybe it's like an extra package or something. Oh, I need to get one. They are they are clutch. Because, you know. I'm assuming you can go to like a little garage or something. Maybe 50, 60 bucks, 100 bucks, put them in. Okay. But they are clutch. I highly recommend it. All right. All right. Matt, what is... Stanley Cup finals. We we talked about this the other day or the other a couple weeks ago or whatever. Um, Tampa Bay is still <laughs> rolling on through. Tampa Bay is rolling on through 4-2. Was it 4? Yeah, game six, so 4-2 over the Rangers. Um, Colorado is just nasty. Colorado is just, they, wow. I hope they clap the Tampa Bay. I, listen, I, again, I was rooting for the Oilers, but I picked Colorado. Um, Colorado, I did not think they would come anywhere close to sweeping them. I thought it was going to be at least six, if not seven, game series. But, man, Colorado is just ridiculous good. Well, granted, they're facing Smith. True. 40-year-old goalkeeper. True. I'm sure it would have, but, I mean, it, I, I'm not sure if it would have made much of a difference. Probably not. I mean, Colorado is just good. And Smith, I didn't think, played... He, he played he, really he, bad in those in that series. He was it the fact though that he played bad, or Colorado just made him look every bit of his age. I don't know, but I watched one game and I had to turn it off because it just was a, it was just unfair to watch. It was a high scoring series. Yeah, I don't know. I just hope Tampa Bay loses. I think so. Although, I mean, give them all the, you got to give them their credit. They were down two zero. 
um, not only down 2-0, but lost the first two at home. Um, and the Rangers didn't win another game. Tampa basically spotted them two games and swept them the rest of the way. Tampa Bay should not be good at hockey, and I stand by that statement. They're the first team since, what, 85? In fact, the 85 Oilers that have gone to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. I was, um, yeah. Mm. They are just, they're good. And every year, it, it seems like every year we hear, oh, Tampa's in cap trouble. Oh, they're going to they're gonna trade Stamkos. They, they can't afford to sign Kucherov. They can't afford to sign this person. Yet they bring them all back. Yet they make another deep run. And yet they just seemingly are, you know, four wins away from winning a, another Stanley Cup champion. And then the Sabres, we have to trade for Ben Bishop, who's injured slash retired slash not going to play a game for the Sabres just so that we could take on his $5 million cap number to get to the cap floor. Like to get to the minimum amount of money we have to spend. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I get it, you don't want to go hog wild in free agency, but you know what, you've got a good young talent, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get just to the cap floor. Yeah. Why not go out, if you got to spend a little foolish this summer, go out and spend a little foolishly. I mean, I know it's going to be tough to get big name players in here, but you give them an extra two, three, four million. It makes it sound a lot better. You think it's easier for football to do that than hockey and free agency just with just the amount of money that players are pulling in? Because I feel like players in the National Hockey League don't get paid the same amount that like NFL players do. I I think hockey's – football is definitely – well, I'd say baseball is the highest, but then football is definitely the next. But um, I don't know. I mean, it used to be where your your top hockey player was getting like four or five hundred thousand dollars, like back in the yeah. you know the eighties, nineties, um, and that's the one thing it seemed like once NHL finally did the salary cap, when I think they finally got it in like ninety five, ninety six, yeah. where they supposedly did it to quote keep uh, contracts down, keep salaries down. That's when salaries almost exploded, yeah. but. Um, yeah, for sure football players are making more. But still, I think, I don't know. I think football, I think there's just so much money out there and there's so many, so much money to spend out there. I think it's... You're playing for more players, too. True. Um, I think it's easier to lure a guy with more money in hockey than it is for football. Like, I think just because some of those big contracts aren't out there, I think if... You know, if you know a guy who's an average player only making one or two million a year, if you really wanted him and you knew you were in a, a smaller market or whatever like Buffalo, I think if you offered him three, four, like double his salary, I think it's easier to bring him over. Whereas in, you know, in the NFL, if somebody like Buffalo was a, a Super Bowl contender this year, somebody offers, say, you know, a guy a $4 million contract, if Jacksonville offered him like five or six, I hate to say it, I think the guy's probably still choosing the Bills or choosing the contender. Yeah, for the I most part. I mean, for the most part. Depends on the player. Yeah, I mean, I guess money talks in every sport, but still. Yeah. 
Um, baseball, I don't think that lies anywhere. I think baseball players just follow the money. I don't know where like the money comes from for baseball players. It's so much money. It is ridiculous. And they've got the least contact. I know. Like, I mean, what do you have to worry about in baseball? Like maybe diving and like You're breaking an, an arm? Or you stand out there. Sometimes yeah. you might not get hit to at all. You know, you might roll an ankle. You know, if you're running bases or whatever, you might. Schedule's uh, way more demanding, though. Yeah, but is it really? I mean, you're playing more games for sure. It's not taxing on your body Almost at you all. Have, like double headers and stuff. Yeah, but I feel like nowadays, a lot of times, some of those guys, especially the rosters that they have, not everybody is playing all both double headers. That's fair. Um, I don't know. It's just, again, I was never a huge baseball fan in the first place, but if I, for longevity, I think baseball players can go way longer with way less impact to their body than any other sport. Yeah, makes sense. Like in any other sport, like without question. Um, I think the toughest would be, I don't know, who do you think would be would take more hits or does more damage to their body, hockey players or football players? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, football used to be hockey. I still think it might be hockey, though, because, I mean, granted, football players, I mean, taking the hit and the toll that they take on their body, especially by guys that are two, 300 pounds, yeah. I wouldn't want to take a tackle from any of them. But at the same time, during, I mean, you're coming in flying with, I guess they've. you're right, they do have more equipment on than they did back in the 80s. Well, and just the, the rules are different now. Back in back in the day, you could fight. Like, they wouldn't stop you from fighting, but now they kind of stop you from doing that. Well, back in the 70s, 80s, even in the early, I mean, there's... It was be, encouraged. It'd be, it was encouraged, and there were bench-clearing brawls. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just, like, you know, two guys going toe-to-toe. Next thing you know, all lines, all the, everybody is out on the ice. Uh-huh. You've got your benches that are clearing... I remember one time during a Sabres game, it was a Chicago fan came over the bench and onto the Buffalo bench, and Rob Ray beat the crap out of the fan falling onto their bench. Yeah. I mean, it's it was insane. Breaking the lumber on basically any body part they wanted to. Yeah. Stabbing people with <laughs> skates. I mean, I remember seeing the seeing the videos of like people like getting uh, accidentally like cut in the neck with the skates though so i mean that yeah. happened to a sabers player clint malarchuk yeah clint malarchuk i remember watching that game and they in fact espn did a uh it's a 30 for 30 but like a, not a full one like a 30 for 30 short or yeah. mini episode or whatever 30 they for did 20 30 30 for 15 yeah. half the time but no they did an episode on them um uh that described the whole event and then the aftermath uh he was never the same after that like i wouldn't he, be either he still and the and I don't know if anybody remembers this or most people forgot about this. He was literally back in his crease. I think five days later, like he only missed one or two games. It's not like he went out the rest of the season. It's not like he did months and months. Like he cut his jugular vein. He was literally like could have died on the ice. In fact, a lot of people think he probably should have died on the ice. But literally was back, I think, five, five, ten days later. Like, within, with he didn't miss more than, like, two weeks. Yeah. And he was back on the ice, which is But he was never insane. the same again. Never the same again. I, and, w- I would be so petrified after that that it would be like. Oh, for sure. 
And um, in fact, it, it's a it's a good watch if anybody wants to watch it. Um, I've shown it when I was uh, teaching or subbing um, health classes for high school. Um, I would uh, during the mental health unit. Um, I would watch or I would show that clip or whatever because it dealt with a lot of mental health issues that he, you know, went afterwards. Like he was. Apparently, it talked about him just um, before the incident. He was very OCD. Um, he'd repeat things, repeat things, repeat things, especially in practice until he got it right. And um, just dealing with a lot of that on top of, he even said he came back way too early. He never really addressed the issue. He let it get into his head. And it it had gotten to a point where later in his life, he attempted suicide, I think once or twice. He got mixed up in the drugs. Um, he like took it really, really hard, like couldn't come to grips with it until much later, like in his forties, fifties, um, where he was finally able to deal with it. And it was just, it's a wild episode. It's, it's really cool. Um, it talks, uh, it gets from, you know, the daughter's point of view, it gets from some of the Sabres points of view that were there and players were there. And then it was crazy because, um, it was, uh, who was it, Radic Dvorak um, from the Florida Panthers, who had happened at to him at a Sabres game. And it was, I think, on the 15th, 20th anniversary of when it happened to Malarchuk. Like, it was crazy where that was one where the guy flipped over and his his blade oh, yeah. nicked him right in the artery. And, like, he just, like, you see the blood just coming out. You're just yeah. Like, oh, jeez. And you see the one, um, was it Rip Simonic or one of the, the – uh, equipment managers just basically flew on the ice and just like sat on him on his neck or like put his arms, his hands on his neck just to, you know, keep the, uh, the blood in there, the yeah. pressure on there. Um, yeah. And Radic Dvorak, I believe it was Radic Dvorak. I hope I'm getting the name right. But, uh, he, he didn't come back for six, seven, eight months. Like he took, he took a long time off. Could you imagine being like a, a person, like a, uh, athletic trainer in a, sport like that and then just being like all right go for it that that that's happening what do you do yeah i mean at at that point this is life or death right now yeah and especially being a sports trainer of any kind you're probably thinking all right maybe the worst i've got to deal with is a concussion or a broken bone um you're you're not thinking (laughs) like holy god if i don't get out there fast this guy's gonna die this is like wartime medic stuff yeah well even think of the injury that happened to uh kevin everett um where uh what was that 2005 where he got he got uh paralyzed. Oh yeah. That was right that was opening day. It was either opening day or the Bills home opener. I can't remember if it was first game of the season or the first home game of the season. Yeah. But uh I was at that game and yeah, he got he got drilled or knocked on his head or something. And um that was when the, the big thing was uh they did the cold fusion. Oh yeah. Um for part of his surgery or part of his recovery and uh he eventually uh was gained, regained movement in his in his body like he's able to walk now yeah. obviously never played a down of football again no but still just the fact that he's able to walk wasn't it Aaron Williams one time got clocked in the in, in the end zone and he also was he was temporarily paralyzed yeah. i think yeah, that was uh, I think it was Jarvis Landry that hit him. Yeah, it was a, it was a hit, it was a nasty hit, and it was a blindsided hit yeah, too. Yeah, he spun around. I thought. Yeah, 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 because um, 
I think it happened where the Bills intercepted. I forgot who intercepted the ball. Maybe it was no. One of the Bills intercepted the ball. Yeah. Williams just literally turned around like to set up a block or whatever, yeah. and Landry just like yeah. clocked him. He couldn't move. No. Um, I'm not sure if he did. He come back? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. I um, wouldn't. <sighs> no. I mean, those are those are the injuries that. Whew. That's when you're just like, it's not worth it. No. Have you ever had like? Obviously not to that extent, but have you ever had like a a big injury that made you think like, ooh, okay, you know what? It's time to uh, it's time to give this up. No, I've had near death experiences, but never that really in sports. I've almost died three times in sports or just in life. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> what are you like? Uh, like a a lot of it involves water. What are you like trying to swim across the border or something? No, one of them was we were playing Marco Polo in the Adirondacks, and I was a kid, and there was this drop off, and like I just went right down the drop off, and thankfully somebody grabbed my arm as I was under, and they pulled me up, and you know I coughed up all the water. The second time I almost fell into whitewater rapids off a cliff, <laughs> my mom grabbed me from that one. Um. What was the last one? I think like the last one was during surgery, and like they had to like drain my body. Would you have surgery on my heart? Ooh, okay. But you know, so three times, like so, not in a sports aspect. Sports, I've never had that bad of an injury. Just, just in life. Just in life. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I've ever had a near death experience. Um. But as far as big injuries, I've been cleated in the throat. I've been before. cleated. I've uh, like I've cleated been, hurts. Cleated. I think that's one of the inju- that's one where people don't realize, and that's one thing where I I especially like if I see some of my players that'll like start slide tackling with the cleats up, even if they don't hit anybody, I'll yell at them. Yeah. Like, listen, you don't do that. I was like, there's a right way and wrong way to do that. That could seriously take somebody, and and you know, hurt them or possibly yeah. end their career. You catch him on the ankle, right? Um, I don't know if I've ever really had an injury. I know I've broken my collarbone before. That's easy to do. Um, that's easy, and that's painful. Yeah. Like, I remember I couldn't sleep in my bed for probably, like, two weeks. It's crazy how bad of an injury that is for how easy it can happen. Oh, for sure. In fact, I'm surprised I've only broken it once. Yeah. Um, but I know I've broke my, my shoulder. Uh, I know I had stitches in the back of my head and under my eye. Um... Like I said, I'm pretty sure I tore my ACL, but never really did anything about it. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, broken my toes, which surprisingly is like I, I've broken my my both toes, the big toe, probably at least three or four times, um, and it sucks. Because I remember the first time going to the doctor, you know, they did the X-rays. They're like, yeah, it's broken. I'm expecting them to put me in like a walking boot, put me in this. They're like, all right. You know, you can go check out. I'm like, what? What do you? What do you mean? They're like, well, we can't really do anything for it. We can wrap. We can wrap it in gauze, if you want, and kind of cushion it. But you're just gonna have to grin and bear it. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, it's not. Your foot's not broken. They're like, you can still. They're like, you just gotta tough it out. And it yeah. it sucked. I remember there was. I was still subbing at the time. Uh, one time when I broke it after a indoor game, I was playing still indoor soccer. It was to the point where I'd look like like I'm literally limping up and down the hallway to get to my class, 
when I sat in my chair, I forgot, I think it was like a history class or an English class. I sat in my chair. I literally took my shoe off and was just like resting it on top because it, even just putting it in my shoe or having the pressure from the shoe on top, Mm -hmm. like just hurt. Like I, in fact, I probably should have been wearing, I don't know, if I would have, I would have walked around barefoot all day. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't put any pressure on the top of it. It hurt. Yeah. I know I sound like a big baby. Well, that's the that's the terrible thing. Is like when you like break something so small that they can't really do anything for it. It's the same thing with your fingers. Yeah, yeah. The worst case, worst case, they might do is the, if it's like dislocated, they'll pop it out and then they might just tape it up. You know, ne- with next to your other finger. I had a splint once. That was about the, the the greatest I've ever had. I had an air cast, but I had to request an air cast for your thumb, for your hand, for my ankle. Oh, I never liked the air cast for ankles or anything. I, I mean, I wore it just as a way for me to continue doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have, like at camp when I ran a, when I was at the soccer camp and I had a <laughs> completely torn ankle and I was playing soccer with the air cast on, um, but it would hurt every time I kicked the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's not smart. And I played kickball the following week. That's not smart. But again, I think we've all done injuries. Like I've that. never like like yours with the ACL. I never let my ankle heal properly i never even got it addressed really so like now it's like really bad like you know like that's just there oh yeah for the rest of your life it's, and the ankles all scar tissue ankles are one thing too where if you don't if you don't after a while if you don't deal with it there's really nothing they can do because like you said the scar tissue builds up it's it's just you just lose mobility yeah and it makes everything harder <laughs> very painful yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. Now, did you ever have an ankle injury where it was – I remember one time I had one soccer player who she hurt her injury or her ankle significantly where the doctor told her, like, it probably would have been better if you just broke your ankle instead of what you did to your ankle because, like, there's – you've stretched – you didn't even really, like, tear a ligament or whatever. You just stretched it out so much. And if if it would have been a clean tear or a clean break – it would have healed quicker and faster and better. Um, I think I've only had one injury to my ankle, but that was probably because it wasn't. I didn't break my ankle, but I heard like a audible, like my full body rolled over it, and like it was completely under my body, and I heard a loud like snap noise. So at that point, I knew I snapped something. Like, Oof. like I knew for a fact that that was it. Um. Yeah. And they told me they're like it's not broken. It's like there's probably just some like tears and stuff in there. And I was like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, you don't really do anything with it. And I was just like, well, so I can't do anything. They're like, no. And I was like, can I play sports still? And they're like, we don't suggest it. Um, they gave me crutches and they gave me an air cast, and I never use the crutches, and I barely use the air cast. <laughs> and like to be honest. I can't move like with the mobility. I test my mobility all the time with my ankles. I can't I can't even fully flex my ankle like that way. Cuz really? Cuz the amount of scar tissue that built up there, it's so stiff that I can barely um and it's still permanently bigger than my other ankle. Like permanently swollen? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I could see that. It's pretty fun. <laughs> But it's just, and like you said, I mean, 
there's so many times that I knew I was playing in games and I shouldn't have been playing in games. Yeah. In fact, I remember one time when I did break my thumb, um, I had it splinted up. I literally popped the splint off, played all during it. Now, again, a broken thumb, a broken hand during a soccer game isn't really going to kill you. In fact, the only reason I took it off is because the referee saw that there was like a little bit of metal on there. And he said, well, you can't play with that, son. You got to take it off. I was like, well, what if I just wrap it up over it, like put gauze on it? The coach was yeah. like, nope. He's like, I'm sorry. It's got to come off or you can't play. So, okay, that cast comes or the splint comes off. Yep. Um, and then even after I broke my shoulder, I probably came back with probably two weeks before I should have. And that's one of those where it wasn't a high school team, so it was travel. And it wasn't like in high school where you need doctor's clearance, you need yeah, this, you need care. physicals. It was basically my coach, you know, are you all right to play? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. And, of course, me, I don't know I don't know if I tripped, if I fell, if I got tagged, whatever. Of course, one of my first, within the first 10 minutes of the game, I go in shoulder first. I, again, I don't know if I just slipped and fell or whatever, or if I got put, yeah. but literally went in shoulder first. And got clipped on the right shoulder, got kicked. And I just remember sitting there for a second, like, okay, it feels all right. And I sat back up and I just kind of moved my shoulder. And my coach is looking at me. I'm like, all right, cool. It feels fine. Like, it was just that point. I was like, all right, if I can survive that, I'm good. Yeah. And just went back. Um, but it was almost that like initial gasp, like, oh, crap, did I just break this again? Yeah. And just Nothing. went on playing. Yeah. yeah. Again. And then when, you know, the, you get the two weeks, <sighs> two weeks later when I met my doctors, I had to, of course, come back in with the splint on or the ca the, yep. the brace or whatever on or whatever. And he's like, how's it feel? I'm like, feels okay, I think. I think, I think I'm ready to play again. He's like, you haven't been playing at all, have you? Like, no, no. Just wait, just waiting to get cleared, hopefully get cleared today. And, of course, I got officially cleared, but I think I'd played three games prior to that. Uh, you know, that's that's what we do. As much as, it, like, as much as it pisses off everybody with us and around us, that's what we do. Well, even it's funny nowadays, like, I'm at the point, maybe it's just age catching up on me and some of these old injuries are catching up on me, where I'm at the point, too, where... I'll see some of my soccer players or some of my track athletes like running or or playing with injuries that I know they need to sit down on. Yeah. And I'll kind of go over them and have that little heart to heart with them. But like, listen, we need to rest you. We need to pull you today from the game or whatever. I get it. I understand it. I know you want to gut it out. But believe me, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you're going to be thanking me because... I know what playing with that type of an injury, game in, game out, running with that type of injury, meet in, meet out, is going to do to you, right. and it's not worth it. Yeah. Now, again, me as a 16-, 17-, 18-year-old athlete, I would have— You don't even practice what you preach. I wouldn't have been—I would have been just as pissed off as some right. of my athletes were if my coach said that to me. And I did have coach some of my coaches say that to me, and— the 41 year old man now is like, damn it, I wish I would have listened. Right, because your body just catches up to you eventually. And I'm telling you, for me, it really didn't. It really didn't hit. I didn't notice it probably until I was like 38, 39, where it would just get. It it started getting a little, 
a little more tiring getting out of bed or just yeah. a little like you just get out of bed like oh that yeah. never really hurt before or oh that's that's an old injury that's now acting up and it just it sucks getting old yeah. <laughs> it does i mean i'm not i'm not old but like my my back i i have like really bad back problems for a 24 year old dude um like I used to, I used to have scoliosis and for like the while like that would make my back hurt all the time. Then I just kind of like either outgrew it or just stopped focusing on the pain and it went away. But um and like my girlfriend's like big on like getting like massages and like going to spas and stuff and I'm not a fan of people touching me. Like I I don't want to like pay money to have somebody like give me a mas- like that, that doesn't sound f- yeah. good to me. Um but one time she was just like I was trying to like work a knot out and she like or like work something out and she like touched like the right side of my back and she was like this is not right and like made me touch it and apparently the right side of my back is as hard as a rock and the left side is kind of like squishy so she was like this is normal and I was like my right side which is my complete problem area is all tense and like it's a knot just one full knot and like, cause like, you know, it's a knot when she touches, like she touched it. I was like, <laughs> like my body jolted and it, like, I know for a fact it's from all the working out that I've done and like the heavy lifting and just, you know, throwing my body around when I was a kid, like fully throwing my body around like anywhere and everywhere. Yep. Like playing outside with your friends. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, with massage, I've got two funny stories. One, I remember by this was, I was teaching in Baltimore at the time. I taught there for a year, and um, I was just walking around or whatever, and happened to see a uh, a place that was you know doing massages. So I went in to get a massage, and it was one of my first massages. Like I was kind of like you, I never really didn't really like the whole massage thing or whatever. I think I'd gotten one before, but the massage therapist in there. Um, she had to have been, I was probably, I was 23, 24 at the time. Um, she had to have been like 50s, 60s, maybe even older. Oh, wow. And during the massage or whatever, she's like, you know, she's like, how do you want, do you want like light pressure, medium pressure, hard pressure? And I sounded like a jerk when I said it, and I didn't mean it, but I was like, you know, I just looked, I was like, you know what, just go as hard as you can. Probably wasn't the right thing to do, and she probably took it as an insult because she literally started like digging into every like muscle on my back and on my shoulder, and I'm I'm like, and I'm sitting there like cringing. I'm like, ah, and of course she's like, she's like, is that too hard? I'm like, no. Yeah, you don't want to back down from it. Yeah, I was like, no, it's 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 fine. I'm very comfortable, very relaxing. I'll tell you what though, the first like half hour after that massage. I'm surprised I was able to walk out of there. But after like walking around a little bit, like I, I, it was a little place I walked to from my apartment. By the time I got home, I felt amazing. Like whatever she did, like she literally was at one point, I'm pretty sure she like had like her whole fist, like inside my back. Like, I mean, just digging away, but it hurt. Like I've never felt pain like that before while she was doing it. But afterwards, I felt like unbelievable. Like every, like she just hit every tension spot, whatever pressure point. Yeah. But uh, I remember a couple of years ago, my wife had gotten me a massage um, for uh, one of my birthdays, and literally the masseuse is in there. Like she's 
like working away on my shoulder, on my back, where like a lot of my worst spots are. And afterwards, you know, she's usually they tell you like, all right, you know, this is out of whack. This is out of whack. Try this, do stretch here or whatever. She's just like, well, she's like, do you feel better? I'm like, yeah, it feels okay. She's like, honestly, your back and everything is so tense and so stressed and so tight that I probably could have done like another two hours before you actually felt something. She's like, if you want, you can come back. You're more than welcome. She's like, but it's probably going to take like a good, I don't know, two, three weeks of having you come in every other day before you really notice a difference. And I didn't really know how to take that. I'm like, man, am I that messed up? But uh, yeah, that's my biggest fear too. It's just like, oh, wow, this is a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just, you know, I, if I'm in denial, if I don't think about what I did back then, but <laughs> it's uh, it it's weird, though. And it's it's a lot of stuff like, yeah, all right, you know, your shoulder's sore, your knee's sore, <clears throat> but you don't really, I guess you don't really notice or want to think of how bad it is yeah. until somebody, like, like cows, it, yeah, you know. even if it's like a massage therapist or a physical therapist or whatever, yeah, a doctor or something, yeah. they're like, man, dude, you're really messed up. Like, yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, that's what that is? <laughs> I thought it was a minor inconvenience. And then I know me for the rest of the day, like, I was walking around, like, like just being, like, super, super, uh, super like, sensitive about uh, it or, like, telling Vicky, like, man, I don't know. Like, do you hear that click? <laughs> do you hear this? And she's like... It's in your head. Just I, shut I, up. I checked this on WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound right. Yeah, next thing you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm stroking out because of my shoulder here. Like, Do you smell toast? <laughs> I smell toast. <laughs> I need to go to the hospital. Yeah, she's like, just just shut up. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. I, I try... You know, as much as I hate it, I'm like, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. You know, it's just like, it's my body at the end of the day. It doesn't affect anybody else other than me. So if I can't, sometimes when I wake up and I physically can't move because my back is in so much pain, I'm like, all right, I'll just take some Advil and just don't tell anybody about it. And you just keep doing it. Yeah, see, I am i don't even like taking Advil. Like, I, I don't like taking Advil, Tylenol, any anything like that. Now, granted, there are times I'm not going to say I, I don't take it because there are times where I, I have to take it. But I'm that stubborn, not even stubborn. I just don't like taking it. But I'm that guy that'll sit there with the back, like go the entire day with like like a back problem or shoulder or whatever. And just and I'm like, all right, I got to get through it. Got to get through it. Got to get through it. Instead of, you know, there are times I'm sure if I would have taken a Advil or Tylenol or Motrin, it'd be a lot easier to deal with. But yeah. I'm usually good especially with my back until it goes out. Like once it goes out, it goes out. Like there's, it's usually either, all right, it's good or it's like bad. Like there's really, for me, a lot of times there's no more in-betweens. It's like either, all right, I can deal with it. I'm fine. It's a good day or who I got, I, I, I can't get out of bed. I think that's my biggest fear that like someday it's just going to go out. <laughs> and it's just going to be coming a repeating cycle of just going out. I uh, yeah, that could be that could definitely be tough. And you know what? I'm going to use this time to kind of transition into speaking of old guys and injuries and doing sports. Um Matt and I tw- I I did tease this a little bit on our Facebook on my Facebook account and our our Facebook account at Stories from the Sidelines. I teased it a little bit earlier this week. 
and it's still we're still working some of the kinks out. But I don't know if you remember Rob Udy, yeah. uh, who was in here from Niagara Wheatfield, their uh, tennis coach, uh, who still plays. In fact, he was in a tournament this weekend in Syracuse. Um, forgot how he was uh, how he did, but um, he was up there. So a little shout out to Rob. Um, and you were not here when I had uh, my other buddy uh, Mark Santangelo no. on. Um, but we used to back in the day when we were you know in high school. We used to have uh, tournaments down at High Park tennis tennis uh, courts, where we would usually it was uh, myself, Chris Mitro, Chris Matice, who was on here, Ronnie Anderson. Um, I'm giving all those guys shout outs. Hey, they gave me some money to give them shout outs. No, just kidding. But um, the, usually our tournaments consisted of either Rob or Mark beating all of our butts and then meeting in the finals. So we decided to set up a quote-unquote match, the tennis match, where it's going to be Rob Udy versus Mark Santangelo. Um, we're, we're taking it back to the 90s. We're doing it 90s style. Uh, the, right now, the date, it looks like it's going to be set at, at, this is how good Rob is and how involved Rob is still in tennis. He's got his own tennis court at his house. So we're doing it at Greedy Acres. We're doing it up in Wilson. We're doing it at his house? We're doing it at his house, Greedy Acres, up in Wilson, New York. Um, it's going to be Santangelo versus Udy in the match on July 30th, Saturday, July 30th. Well, that's crazy. We're going to, uh, again, still working out the kinks, um, hoping to get um, Rich Morano involved with his new company, hoping to get uh, Matt Johnson here from the podcast precinct hoping to get everybody involved where we can do uh we can do a episode whether we do a live stream or recording yeah. from uh from Wilson New York from Greedy Acres at Rob's place and um it's going to be fun so it's going to be like play by play right it's going to be like play by play we'll do some interviews we'll do um I'm sure some smack talk beforehand um I almost I almost want to do it uh going back to like uh, throw in a little bit of sumo style, like a little, uh, a little like how we did sumo. Maybe tone it down a bit, but uh, you know we want to go big, baby. We want to go big. How are we gonna connect sumo to this? Well, not not sumo sumo, but I mean like how we how we promoted sumo, like you know get a little oh, trash talking in there, yeah, get yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. you know, baiting in that all that. Where stuff my entire there. reputation was destroyed. <laughs> we won't, I promise you though, we won't make you the bad guy this time. We won't make you the bad guy. Even though I'm like a great natural heel. That everybody likes to hate for some weird reason. This time, you if you want to if you want to stay the bad guy, you can be uh, who's the announcer that's a bad like Michael Cole or isn't that an announcer in WWE? Maybe like I don't know the bad guy. It's been a while. I f- forgive me since I've watched wrestling. I thought you were about I, like, you were going to say like who's a bad guy, and I automatically almost said Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a bad announcer. <laughs> um. But uh, no, for right now we've got we've also got some undercard matches. We're, we're do not, we? We're not sure if it's going to be uh, Chris Matice versus Ronnie Anderson. If that's going to be a singles match, why not or, you play? Or if that's going to be doubles, we're we're getting to that too. Um, I've been um, Mark and Rob have said that I've got to be on the court at some point. Yeah. So uh, my thought is like, listen, if you want to go, we'll do it. We'll do a little doubles match. Me and you. Know? you? You find a doubles partner. I'll find a doubles partner. Robin, Robin, Mark, and uh, man the podcast for a little bit. I've I, already, I've already got a partner in mind. 
I could think of a partner. I'm actually surprisingly good at tennis. Okay, I'm surprisingly bad. So maybe we don't go against each other. <laughs> but uh, so we'll, we, we're still working on some of the undercards, uh, whether they're doubles matches, singles matches. But uh, at this point, the main event is going to be UD versus Santangelo um, in the match on July 30th. And listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm super excited about this. Like I'm I'm. I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, what are I know, and this literally all came out of um, the interview that I did with Mark, where he kind of did a, not so much trash talking, but we kind of talked about those old tennis days. And then when Rob came in here a couple weeks later and did an interview, and he kind of you know went back and forth a little bit, but it literally blew up. Um, I'd say last week, um, where during our, in our group checks group text that we have uh, that I have through a few buddies where Mark's coming in from out of town. He's going to be in here. Um, you know, should we set up a tennis match, blah, blah, blah. To next thing you know, Rob saying, of course, Larry's going to have to do his podcast from it, whatever to me, just be like, all right, let's do it. You know, running with it. Uh, we're getting Morano involved. I'm so excited for it. It's literally, I think it's going to be fantastic. Gonna like be I'm, I'm so excited. Um, we get ESPN, the Ocho. The Ocho, because that's the only th- that that's the kind of stuff that that show covers. Absolutely, I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm I'm super excited about it. I really think it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Plus, it'll give us a chance to do a little uh, little play by play announcing announcing commentary. See how well we do with that. Um, have you ever done any play by play? Have you done any like play by play? I have not officially, but I have done play by play before. Um, for fun stuff like this, not for, not recorded, not recorded. Like what? Uh, it's a good thing. It's was not it recorded. any like sport? Uh, I think it was for badminton. Wait, what? Yeah, you did play. How do you do? Play? Well, I guess it'd be the same thing as play by play for tennis, or not? Kind of. Um, it was. It was at my buddy's 4th of July party like three years ago and they we had a badminton tournament and I sat there and I was just doing play-by-play and color commentary and like I said it's a good thing that it wasn't recorded <laughs> <laughs> so was it like were you actually trying to be um I was trying to be funny oh, okay all right which I will be for this one too but a lot oh. less colorful listen I'm sure I mean <laughs> and again I'm I'm not we're still working out the issues if it's gonna be we're gonna be able to live stream it which I would love to live live stream um I was talking to Rob though I'm not sure if the uh Wi-Fi is gonna because he has Wi-Fi out by the courts but it's not like the strong. best yeah, yeah it's kind of spotty probably coming from his house or whatever so I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to do the live feed but um at, we're at least going to be able to tape it, and I think it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, again, still have to work out work out the bugs on it, um, but I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. And like I said, I you know I think if uh, I think if we promote this the right way, I think if we uh, it, it's one of those things where it's just going to be fun. You know, like I said, for for myself, it's it's taken me back to 16, 17, 18 year old. Again, riding our bikes, or as we got older, you know, driving our car, our cars down to uh, our Hyde Park. Cars, yeah. Our cars, or 
should I say my car? Because I was usually the driver. Here in my car, I feel <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> I was usually the driver of the group, but um, it was uh, it was fun. So yeah, we're hoping um, we're hoping Rich Morano from uh, Emerge um, Emerge Media Creators is going to be able to do his thing um, next of kin podcast. So he's going to help us out. Matt Johnson, of course. Uh, from the podcast Precinct, uh, yeah. Two Point Conversion, they're going to help us out. And I figure, listen, between those two gentlemen, we're we're in good hands. Steve, I asked Steve if for like if he needs maybe if we need other video. Absolutely, required. Steve Merlihan. He said he'd be interested. My girlfriend can come and just hang out. Yeah, and that's and that's the and beauty. I said like we might need a third pr- panelist. We might need somebody else up here. And that's another thing too, where I figure. Um, especially if you and I get out there, whether we do a doubles or whether you play yeah. while I stay and then I play while we you, have whatever. Like an extra person. Yeah, there. we have somebody to rotate in and out. Yeah, and um, the beauty part about it with being at Rob's place is it's you know it's gonna be uh, we don't have to make reservations. We don't have to. Well, we can't do this. We can't do. This. I'm not saying anything goes. Yeah. It's not like Thunderdome down there. But we don't have to be like we we rushed. can yeah we can we can take our time with it. We can rush it. Or we, have, we don't have to rush it. We rather, can have fun. We can have fun, and um, we're in the privacy of somebody's house. Absolutely. And Rob even said, you know, um, significant others are welcome. Um, you know, we'll have uh, it'll it'll be a good time. Food, I'm sure, will be there. And uh, like I said, I really can't wait to to work out more of the details. But I do know it looks like the date is locked for uh, Saturday, July thirtieth. Yeah. At Greedy Acres. The match. That's exciting. So I'm I'm super amped about it. I, I can tell. Like I, I'm amped too. If we're playing doubles, I'm gonna clean the court with you. <laughs> now the fact that I know that you're good, maybe I'll save you for somebody else. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, don't I? When, when's the last time you played? The last time I played tennis. Yeah. Last year at Park Ham. Okay. Well, I mean, like, actually, like, I know you did that with the kids and stuff, but I mean, actually, like, legit. Or would you play with another counselor? I would like, play against counselors. Okay. So you actually had like a pretty legit match recently. Yeah. Okay. Like last year. Who'd you play against? Uh I played a pretty intense game with Ian. Okay. Was I was gonna say, was Ian any good? Yeah. He was, he was not bad. Not bad. The last time I played well, I mean, every summer I guess, uh Vicky and I um will go down and we'll we'll, you know, play a, a quote unquote game or match or whatever. Just hit the tennis ball around a little bit. The last time I actually like played, played, <laughs> ooh, was probably, probably in high school, maybe, maybe in college, maybe uh, since Mark, Meech, Rob, um, and I all went to uh, you know Canisius together. I think maybe there might have been a time or two that we went down to um, uh, what's the tennis courts near there, Delaware Park. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, hit the ball around again. But man, it's been a long time. I'm mediocre. But I'm not bad. Okay. And my competitiveness sometimes gives me an edge. Listen, sometimes gives me a f- hinder hindrance. Listen, I gotta. Let's just put it this way. I gotta. I gotta dust off the tennis racket. I just I, found my tennis racket. Did you really? Yeah. Now do you have like an old school, like old old one, or no? It's like a Wilson's one that I got okay. when I was like a kid. But like, I'm still gonna use it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Um, and I tell you what, it's gonna we're gonna make it 
for great must must see must listen whatever if we're videotaping it or just recording it it's going to be outstanding yeah i can't wait so the match uh saturday july too bad we don't have any sponsors that would have been like the biggest thing to pump listen who says we're not going to have sponsors? We got to get some sponsors for this. Absolutely, we got to get some sponsors for this. That's like well over like a couple hours of content right there. And that's just it. And and we'll work, talk about this off the <laughs> air, but we can make this literally like my initial thoughts are um, you know, if we have two or three undercards, you know, maybe have them just go either best out of five games or like one complete set, winner take all. Yeah. Um or and then, you know, when we get the, to the the match has to be best out of 5. Well, I was thinking. Best out of six. Actually. I was thinking either what, like first to three sets, like best out of five, yeah. or just we do it a best out of you know best out of three um, sets. But there will be multiple sets in that game oh, for yeah. sure. Um, and a set is what up to first to six games in a set, and then if you're if you're tied five five, it goes to you have to seven, so you can win like seven five versus six four. Oh, I don't know. And then I think if it's like tied six six, you go to like. Um, I don't want to call it overtime, but you go into like a, a what's a tiebreaker, a tiebreaker. I don't know. Listen, we'll brush up on our on our tennis rules. We're not in charge of scoring. No, no. But what I feel like as announcers, you got to at least know what's going on. I know point. I know how to score, like the actual game. Um, I know how to watch a sport and say what's going on. Um, that's all I need to know. What's what? Fifteen, thirty, forty. And then, and then that's it. Unless it's deuce, then you go deuce advance, advantage, and then double, and then deuce, and then deuce, yeah. and then deuce, and then deuce. Now, do you know what it's called when you on a serve when you hit the net but Fall. it goes oh. over and still lands in? Isn't it just called net? No, it's called a let. Oh. So if you hit now, it's a foul. If you hit the net and it doesn't go in the server's that's box, a, then it, that's still a foul. Or if you just hit the net and it fouls or whatever. But if you hit the top of the net. And it still stays like it goes in the service box. It's called a let, and you get that first serve over. Oh! If you foul, you don't. If you fault, you don't get the serve over. You go to your second set or your second serve. If you foul on the second serve, That's then it's point. the point yeah. for the other guy. That's that. This is the this is the high school tennis um, rules coming out for me. I fell backwards playing high school tennis. Did you fell backwards? What do you yeah, mean, like, like what, chasing after a ball? Play, yeah, and then fell straight on my back. So now, were you more of a high school or a doubles player or singles? I didn't play tennis in high school. Oh, I thought you were just, oh, just playing around in high school. Yeah, for phys ed. I'll say, I actually was on the tennis team. I played two years? One or two years. I know I played my junior year. Anybody gets let on the tennis team. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, I was a second doubles player, and I think I played third singles once. Um because for high school, you take your top three, they're your singles players, and then your next four are your doubles players. Uh, first doubles and then second doubles. So you have what? Uh, that's seven starters on yeah. a tennis team. Um, and then you've got to win, obviously. You get each point, um, you know, for your – there's five points to get. Whichever team gets three points wins the match or more. Yeah. So um, one year we were really good with Mark, Rob, um, like I said, I played second doubles that year. Um, there were a couple other players on the team. Ronnie and, and Matice played. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, I just I did it just to kind of 
stay in shape, I guess, but the most part just just hang out. Just to hang out. I was I was that guy. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't want to do track that year for various reasons, but I was just that I was like, all right, let's do tennis. That right. was my junior year, I think I did it. Which was still a lot of fun. So yeah, Uber excited about that. Uh, Matt, you know what else um Uber excited about? What? It's time for the hot seat questions. Oh. Let's wrap this up with our five hot seat questions. Um, I'm going to start. We're going to go back to hockey a little bit. Um, <clears throat> who is your favorite hockey enforcer or tough guy, if you will, of all time? Could be a, could be a modern-day player. I doubt it. But who is your favorite hockey enforcer of all time? I like Mike Green. Okay. He was he was Capitals, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. What about like yeah, but he wasn't much of a fighter, was he? He was Oh uh, no, but he was just a big dude on the defense that would hit the crap out of you. I thought that's what you meant by enforcer, not like fighter. Could be either. That, that, okay. That's definitely an enforcer. Could be. Because if too. it was a fighter, it would have been like um uh what is it, Roy from the Sabres? Ray. Ray, was it Ray? Rob Ray, baby. Rob Ray, that's it. My brother has it has his jersey. Really? Yeah. I say Rob Ray was Rob Ray was, he was a notorious hothead. Oh, absolutely! In fact, they had to come up with a Rob Ray rule, like because he used when he would get in fights, he literally he would get his jersey off. Like none of his none of his uh, equipment underneath was strapped down or whatever. Because you know, in hockey fights, they try yeah. to pull your your jersey over your head. And, yeah, and try to uppercut you. So like that. anytime the guys would pull the jersey, he knew how to get out of his out of his jersey, <laughs> yeah. and he would like beat the 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 crap out of them. So they made a rule where, uh, and it's currently now where if any if your jersey and everything, your equipment comes off, you're out of the game. That's a game misconduct. Really? Yeah. If you're if you're in a fight or just at any point, if your jersey comes off, if your equipment comes off, you're out of the game. Not like helmet and gloves. Just no, the sweater. no, just just the jersey, the jersey, and then. But he had it where a lot of times he never had his shoulder pads or anything strapped on. So when the jersey came off. The shoulder pads and everything were coming off, and that way he had a lot more freedom too to to swing his punches. That's such a that's such a crazy thing to think that he like thought that way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and that's he was a smaller guy, but I think that's too. He just, you know, he he, he outsmarted some of the fighters. That's crazy to think that. So Rob Ray's a great one, and I know him and Ty Domi had some straight up and down battles. Um I'd probably say Ray. Um I think by far he's the Sabres biggest tough guy, biggest enforcer. Um I'm gonna say Ray as well. We don't have any nowadays. I don't think we've I mean Barnaby I guess was one Brad fights, not, fights don't even happen no. anymore. <laughs> Brad May was one, but Brad May always seemed to break his hand when he fought. But um, it's like Sammy Watkins breaking his foot during walkthroughs. Yeah, or like fracturing a rib or something. Something, something stupid. Yeah. So, all right. I think between Mike Green, Rob Ray, I think we've got the enforcers taken care of for question one. All right, question two, Matt. What do you got? Favorite, um, like vintage video game for like at home consoles. Ooh, okay. So not arcade. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Like so, like on the Nintendo or Either the Genesis or as Atari and whatever. You know, this is the first one that popped into my head when you asked that. So I'm gonna say it. 
Contra. Really? That's a Contra. hard game. Contra for uh, the Nintendo, not the Super Nintendo. Like, I'm talking the original yeah, Nintendo, yeah, yeah. where you had to, at times, like, you know, move it back and forth or blow into the disc yep. to get it to work. Yep. Contra. I love that game. Now, do you remember Do you remember the cheat code? Were you a Contra fan for the cheat um, code? I, d- I knew it at one point. I don't anymore. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. Yeah. Love it. That would give you like unlimited lives or 50 lives and then whenever you, you got down. Oh, like, you yeah. absolutely. In fact, I, I know we've beaten it before. Like I've beaten it whether it was on my own or with my cousins or my brother, but we weren't beating it if we didn't know that that cheat code. Yeah. Which was, but no, that's, I, I just loved it. Um, that's so that's the first one. That's the first one that popped in my head with vintage video games. Okay. What about yours? I like Battletoads. Battletoads. Why, why can I not think of that? Um, describe that game a little. Like, was it just two it was, toads fighting? Uh, no, it was like a kind of like a another like two D scroller ish kind of like like a fighting game, but like you were fighting. Uh, you remember like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade games, or like yeah, the, yeah, where yeah. You were scrolling along and fighting guys. Okay, kind of like that. But it was also notoriously known for like having like stupidly hard manufactured levels that didn't make sense. Like with just bosses that couldn't be beat, or not even bosses. It was like the one that I'm thinking of is is like you're kind of on like these wave runners, and you have to race one another. But like it has like a bunch of different jumps and stuff, and it's like you have to hit it just right, or else you you die. And it's something that you can't skip. Like you have to do it. Ah, uh, okay. Like notoriously known for like that crap level. So one of those where this is like your 50th, 60th, 70th time trying it, yeah. and you know it's like 2 in the morning and you're not going to bed until you finish it. Yeah, and then you know you're not going to finish it because <laughs> that's just why they made it. And then even the time that you do finish it, you know that it was like just by dumb luck yeah. that you that you passed it. And you're never replaying the game again. Nope. <laughs> All right, Battle. I was going to say I vaguely remember that game, but... Um, I think it came out in the 80s, late 80s. That sounds about right. That was another one, wasn't it, for like either Sega or yeah. Nintendo? Yeah, I think it was more Sega. Okay. All right. It, it was a Rare game. You remember Rare, the video game company? Came out with like Perfect uh, Perfect Dark. Oh, okay. Conker's Bed for a Day, Banjo-Kazooie. I remember Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Rare made that. Okay. So like, yeah. You can actually play those games again. I was gonna say they do have the the what do they call it? emulators or whatever on. No, the... you can. They have it remastered. Really, for, for like a new system. So I have the Xbox and I got the Rare Replay and it has every game that Rare made. Okay. On my Xbox. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Like Banjo Kazooie, Tui. I was. I know um, a couple of years ago or for a while they had like just new. They were like classic, but like newer. Yeah, nah. Segas or Nintendo emulators or whatever. All right, I think like retros. I like the retro games. Retro games are coming back. They're coming back. They're good. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, question number three. Uh, let's see. Feel very. Feel free to jump right in. Um, you know what? I'm gonna favorite. Um, we did favorite alcohol or uh, adult beverage before. Favorite soda or pop. Like a have we done this one before? I know what yours is. What's mine? Bark root beer. Not bark. A and W. It's A and W. A and W. I do like bark every now and then. Bark's like a change of pace root beer. Fair, fair. I knew it was root beer something. Yeah. 
but A and W. Have we done this one before? Probably. All right. Um. All right. We won't go into that one then. Question. Question three. Again, this. Uh, don't worry. For the match on on July on July thirtieth, we'll be much better prepared. We're not even doing this on, on the match. <laughs> we have so much other stuff to do on that day. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. All right. All right. You know what? Um. Other than the you know the big four like Stanley Cup, Super Bowl, um, uh, NBA Finals, like other than that, what's one <laughs> what's one event that you really like sporting event that you look forward to? Like we'll we'll take the big four: baseball, basketball, hockey, and football out of the equation. Okay. So we'll take those big four sports out of the equation. Okay. Um, what's one like? The Masters. The Masters, really? Yeah. Just all of it or just I, the I final look, round? Or? I look forward to having it on the TV because I know I'm going to get a good nap. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, now what do you, and this is kind of a question too, what do you think of that, what is it, the LIV tour or whatever that they're trying to steal all the PGA players from? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I think PGA could be in trouble with that. But, um, all right, so the Masters? Yeah. Okay. For me, it, it's coming up soon. It should be coming up like within the next couple of weeks. Um, but because it's in Qatar or Qatar, um, it's going to be in November this year. Oh, the World, the World Cup. Cup. I like, kind of consider that a big one. I I can't like that's. I am disappointed again this year. Two World Cups in a row that Italy did not qualify. So that bums me out. But you want to know who did qualify? At least this year, the U.S. qualified. You want to know who qualified? Who? Canada. Canada's in. Canada's in. Canada qualified as group winner. Like they won. Uh huh. They they qualified they're, ahead of the U.S. They are. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do well in their group. But that's okay. <laughs> they do have a tough group. U.S. has a pretty good draw. I I worked it out with my buddy, and we definitely know that the U.S. could win out of the group class. Yeah. They should definitely, if they don't win the entire group. And they, we have a young squad that's looking good. Yeah. Um, but if the U.S. doesn't win their group, they should be able to get in at least the top two yeah. in their group, which is all it takes. Um, no, Canada's got a tough draw. Yeah. But I, I cannot wait till the World Cup um, starts. It's like I'm, I'm loving it. Again, it, I, I'm bummed. Because it usually starts end of June, early or early July. Yeah. It's usually a summer thing, so it'd be it'd be picking up fairly soon. But no, because it's in uh, Qatar, Qatar, um, it's uh, they're pushing it back to November. And I guess all the games are going to be, or most of the games are going to be night games, just because it's going to be ridiculously hot during the day. Makes sense. Um, and then after Qatar, it's going to be in the U.S. U.S. between U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Canada. I can't wait. Uh, that that's like the f- only time I'll probably ever be able to go to a game. I, I told the wife, and she's in full agreement that we're gonna find whether we have to go to Toronto. Whether we, I don't know if they've, I don't know if they've listed the cities. I read where gonna something be about it, but they mentioned like either like Chicago, Boston, New York City, Toronto. I'm sure those will be the big ones. I know what I've been reading about it is the majority of the games are going to be held. In uh, the United States, yeah, and then there'll be a handful split between Mexico and Canada, right? Um, and I'm assuming Toronto for sure. Oh yeah, I'm assuming for the, I'm assuming the cities for Canada are probably going to be Toronto, maybe Vancouver on the west coast. Yeah, um, L A. L A. is probably going to be LA, one. L A. I'm sure we'll get it for United States. Um, 
So I can't wait. Like between one of those, I don't even I don't care if it's just so two random countries that I have no idea anything about their national program. Right. I want to go to a. Could World you imagine game. if you got to go to a U.S. game though? That'd be in the U.S. That'd be wild. That'd be sick. That'd be wild. For me, it'd be more of a thrill to go to an Italy Italian game. But we automatically qualify since we're the host country. Yep. And which means Canada will qualify again, and Mexico will qualify. Mexico is a nasty team. Max El Tree. Mexico is yeah. Mexico is good. Um, they finished third or third in our group. Yeah. Um, they're they're another one. They got a they got a pretty tough draw. Yeah, they did. I mean, they're one where I don't think they're necessarily going to be out. I don't think they're. I don't think they're necessarily going to win. But I think they'll be. They'll be in the mix. They'll I don't be think struggling. They'll be struggling, but I think they'll be able to get that second spot. This, like, uh, this might be one of the last World Cups where we see people like Lewandowski and 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 uh, not Neymar, sadly, um, but uh, I hate Neymar. Like, <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> He's such a bad dude. But it's, yeah. it's going to be fun. All right. Speaking of bad dudes, we'll go right into question four. Um, Favorite villain of all times. Now, this could be, I'm leaving this as wide open as possible. This could be villain sports-wise. This could be villain um, career-wise, villain like super villain-wise, like just villain in general. Somebody that like your Matt's greatest villain of all time. You could go in any direction you want with this. Patrick Mahomes. You think? I, okay. I I I hate that man <laughs> with such it, a burning passion. Is it just because of the last like two uh, playoff games, or was it before that, or just, just no, just before? Like even just like once he came in the league, like just yeah. watch who, watching him cry that Super Bowl was the best thing I've ever had <laughs> in my life. I was screaming at the TV that I was like, "You better cry." Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know what? I have a feeling for. Like my existence. for Bills fans my age, our biggest villain is Tom Brady. Sports villain, anyways, is Tom Brady. I have a feeling with like the newer generation, like like um, people your age, it's gonna be Patrick Mahomes. I kind of feel I have a feeling that you guys are gonna have that that hatred for Mahomes that that us older guys had that hatred for Tom Brady. That's my thought. You love you love to hate him, but I even hate to hate him. <laughs> so he's not one of those guys where all of a sudden, if like he was on the team, you'd all of a sudden love him. Like no. you just straight up and down, yeah, hate him. I, I never say I'll respect him. I don't. Okay. I, oh, I, wow. So I, you're I going. Think, I think he's a crap athlete. I don't think he deserves any of the praise that he gets. A little overhyped, maybe. I hope he tears his ACL someday. <laughs> like, like even my girlfriend knows. Like the days we play the Chiefs is like when I'm at my peak aggression. I just, I just don't know why. Well, I do know why, but I, I just, I just. I was say, tell us how you really feel. I don't want to because it's pretty bad. That's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I get it because especially a lot of times. I mean, I'm the same way with Brady. I don't. I, I don't know if I'd say he's my greatest villain, but I was the same way. Like we'd be, you know, be with friends watching game or you know texting or whatever. But like, man, I just hope he. I hope he just. I hope he breaks something and like can't like they have to wheelchair him off or like this is the like 
especially the last couple of years when he's playing into his 40s and how yeah. what is he like 75 now i mean just like man you know i just not even like a i don't even care if it's a if it's a play injury but like let the guy slip in a shower and just yeah. like hurt it like tear his knee or just slip a disc just man um but my biggest villain um hmm you know what i'm going to go I'm going to go on the superhero side and I'm going to say I'm going to say Lex Luthor. Ugh. I don't know, maybe just cuz he's bald like I am, but I feel like he was more of just the super villain who would outsmart you. Yeah. And I mean ultimately I guess he didn't really outsmart cuz he would always get beat by who is he? Superman's villain? Yeah. Um but I feel like he was just always, I don't know, just plus he seemed like just unassuming. Like he the seemed Legion like he could just Doom. be any guy. He inst- he established the Legion of Doom. Did he really? Mm-hmm. That shows how little I really know of superheroes. Or like but... he was like in charge of it, I guess. Okay. What yeah, because the... that was like that was where all the villains came together like to the DC villains, like yep. Gorilla Grog and uh, the Scarecrow. I don't know why the Scarecrow was part of that. <laughs> I think it was the Scarecrow, Lex Luthor. Who's just like the businessman, really? Yeah, he yeah. was. That's what I mean. He was more like the CEO of the villains. Yeah, well, he was like a CEO. That was like his cover. Yeah. So he was. That's what I mean. He just seemed like he'd be, and he was like unassuming. Like you wouldn't look at him like, "Wow, that's a bad." Guy. Like just like your everyday guy who just happens to be like a super villain. Yeah, who had deep, deep, dark thoughts. Absolutely. Um. All right. We're at question. That was question four. Yeah. All right, we need one more. What was your favorite pro wrestling back in the 90s? Pro wrestling, like, either tag team or, like, group. Ooh, tag team. Hmm. It doesn't have to be a tag team, but, like, it could also be, like, just, like, a group of What people. do they call like, a, a stable or whatever? Kind of, yeah. Huh. Like, mine was the Hart Foundation. Okay. All right. A little Owen Hart, um, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah, the um, British Bulldog. British Bulldog, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yep. Um, all right, that's a classic one. You know what? I'm torn. I'm going to give both. Uh, I liked the Legion of Doom. Okay. I thought, uh, um, you know, Hawk and Animal, the original. I know they did some, like, yeah, yeah. redone versions or whatever, but Hawk and Animal, the original Legion of Doom. And... I also like the Bushwhackers. Really? Luke and Butch. I thought those guys were just, they had like that crazy entrance that they yeah. came in waving the arms or doing the arms or whatever. And just, I don't know. I mean, I know they were, I know they were definitely more of a gimmick than right. like actual wrestlers, but I just thought they were, I mean, they came out early 80s, I yeah. think it was the hype mid 80s. So I was like, a, um, you know, I was like, I don't know, probably. In the early '80s, I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Um, I just thought they were, they were more, they were more like the comic relief, but they were hysterical. So I'd say either Legion of Doom or the Bushwhackers. Oh, okay, those are those are good ones. As so, long as you didn't say like DX or anything like that. No, again, that was the NWA <laughs> or the, the NWO. NWO, yeah, the New World Order. I, again, that was that was a little. Let's see. That I would, was late nineties. Yeah, I would have been like that. Would have been like my college years, I think, when they came out. So at that point, I'd really kind of 
you know, I'd watch wrestling every so often, but at that point, wrestling really became a soap opera. Yeah. Like, it became a male soap opera where there was constant running themes and yeah. constant tune in next week type of deal. Yeah. But um, by that point, I had kind of gotten out of wrestling. That, that was, yeah. It hits, like, a certain type of, like, age. Oh, yeah. For a while, and then you're just like, nope. <laughs> yep. But then you get the people that are, you know, they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Ride or and die. They're, they're, they're for life. Talk about NWO. They're for life. Well, like, now I catch myself going and looking back at, like, older stuff. And yeah. appreciating that rather than the new stuff. The one thing I've been doing with wrestlers is, or with wrestling lately, I'll do it every so often, is YouTube, like, interviews, but with the wrestlers now talking about like older times like yeah. talking about their stories there's almost. a bunch of podcasts out there too like yeah. stone cold steve austin has one yeah and even just listening to like old interviews or old podcasts like that yeah um i found myself doing that a lot because it, it's kind of cool to see just where like where those wrestlers are now where your quote-unquote childhood heroes or wrestling heroes of your childhood are now yeah like uh, Coco Beware, the Junkyard Dog, um, Hulk Hogan. Um, some, you know. some of them are dead. Yeah. A lot <laughs> In of them fact, I was going to say quite a few of them are dead. But um, Didn't Rick Nash just... No, not Rick Nash. Yeah. Or... Uh, he died like this past... Did he? That was... Spring. Rick Nash. You mean he, Rick Steiner? Right, yeah, Rick Steiner. I was gonna say the Steiner brothers. Is he? No, not the Steiners. Um, he was with um Diesel when they went to. He was like a friend of Diesel's. He he was like long black hair. Oh, uh, Razor Ramon. Yeah, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. He passed away. He died. Did he really? Yeah. I did not know that. I know he was messed up for a while, and then he cleaned himself up. He died in surgery. Really. That's again, but that was the you know a lot of them lived very hard lifestyles. Oh yeah, like that plane ride from Howell. Yep. But um, no, it's uh, but yeah, the Jake the Snake Roberts. I know he was messed up for a long time, but he kind of clean. It seemed like he cleaned himself up towards the end. Um, he's dead. He's not dead. He is. No way. Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know, or or am I thinking of Terry Funk? Terry Funk might be, but he was older. Well, I guess, I guess for wrestling, he was old, like 60s, 70s. Terry Funk's definitely dead. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, I feel like he was... I thought he's dead. No, he can't be. I'm going to be really bummed if he's not, or if he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be... No, he's still alive. Okay. All right, he's 67 years old and oh. doing quite well. <clears throat> I don't know about quite well, but I guess he's he's doing he's well. he's doing. Do you remember what his uh, what his finishing move was? No, I it, just knew he carried the sack of snakes around. Carry the snack sa- a sack of snakes. Well, it was one snake. Damien yeah. was the snake, but the DDT. Oh yeah, the DDT, which is now just like a common wrestling. I was gonna though. say that's like and that's one thing that it, it's funny. Like Hogan's was the leg drop. Yeah, Macho Man's was the flying elbow. All these guys' finishers, like back then in the 80s, now they're just like, all right, that's one of the first two or three moves that they do in a match. Like, now it's they just... have like double turnpikes off the top rope. Yeah. Like, 
that was it. Even Eddie Guerrero's was like a frog splash in the 2000s. Yeah. Or uh, uh, same thing with, who was it, Rob Van Dam? When oh, he yeah, would like yeah, fly yeah. through, I forgot what he called it. The I never watched Rob Van Dam. He was one, I felt like he was, he seemed like the guy that gave it his all. He did. That gave it his all. I, I, I just like, I just, I don't know if it's because of the Canadian ties, but just the ex, the excellence of execution. Just the the best there is, the best there this, was, just the best this, there ever will be. He he wrestled truly. Like he was a fake wrestler who really actually wrestled. Oh yeah. Like all those moves he was putting on them were fake, but if he did one thing differently, he would hurt you. And that was that was just amazing to me. Yeah. And you know, it and no, but um because his dad, his, Stu Hart, would like train him. Uh, his brothers in the, uh, in the dungeon. Yeah, Davy Boy Smith, uh, the British Bulldog, um, Jim the Animal, like the the Heart Foundation, and a lot. And they even said it was literally like his dad, like bending them, twisting them, like beating the crap out of them in, in their in their basement in the wrestling ring. Yeah, and just you know that's the thing. So like he he knew what he was doing. Oh, for sure. And everybody in the ring knew he, he, what he was doing, too. Because, like, yeah. if you put me in the sharpshooter, yeah, I have to act like I'm in pain. But if he just, like, did something a little different, I'd actually be in excruciating pain. Yeah. Those, I'm sure, would be the guys that you didn't want to piss off in the locker room. Right. Because you know that they could just do, like like you said, just like a little tweak. And just to let you know that they could, <laughs> if they wanted to, they could make you not walk yeah. right now. For, forever. Yeah. Really. Yeah. He, he had a stroke. Did you know that? Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. I know he had because that's why. That's I know, why he looks rough now. Yeah, and that's why like he came back and quote unquote made friends with Vince or whatever for the yeah whatever happened there. But yeah, he was actually going to start up wrestling, but then I I think shortly after he stroked out. He stroked out. Um, <laughs> but which that's, I mean I hope he's doing better now. That was quite a, that was a few years ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's such a terrible way to say it. He stroked out. Stroked out. But not making light of strokes at all. But still. <laughs> It's uh, I mean, what else can you say on that? You can't predict on that. Nope. But all right, what we can predict though is this episode has come to an end. Again, um, thank you guys for listening. Remember, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, um, at Stories from the Sidelines. Um, leave comments in the links and also let us know your thoughts on the upcoming tennis match. And if you have any ideas for matches or who you guys want to see in the match. And of course, if anybody would like to advertise on our show, you can, um, leave your comments on our Facebook or inst or message me directly on Facebook. And as always, we will see you guys next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sideline.